It's an industry that I generally love. I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep, I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it. You need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better. Genuinely, like, just be like patient and take your time. Like that, that is like, you've got to take it all in, in the right steps. You've got to nail what you do in person before you go and like. I don't like to talk about fear. The fears is usually something that makes your worries real. You are listening to the Coaching Ignited Show, where we bring you stories and insights from coaches, fitness professionals, and industry experts to help you expand your business and reach your goals. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. My name is Alex Povey. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps, including Spotify and iTunes. The Coaching Ignited movement is on a mission to help coaches and personal trainers increase their sales and reach their full potential. If you wanted to find out more, please head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted to connect with us on social media, all the details can be found in the show notes. Now let's get into today's show. On this episode of the Coaching Ignited podcast, we have skinny to strong brand owner and personal trainer, Ben Heron. And on this show, we discuss seminars, workshops, podcasts, high ticket sales, productivity hacks, mentors, and much more. And there's plenty of awesome little nuggets to help you build your coaching business. So sit back and enjoy the show. Let's just kick things off. It's, it's interesting because you've already got your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, which I checked out uh, the other day, which we'll get into. But let, let's start there. Like, what made you decide to start a podcast yourself? Uh, well, what I sort of what I realized was I was putting out content for a good while, and I found that not many people actually knew me. Um, there is only so much you can get across within uh, like a. 300 letters I don't know how many letters Instagram let you have and over blog articles and stuff I find that when you have a podcast the audience get to know you a lot better um if there's any coaches reading this we're listening to this actually <laughs> um I would recommend uh getting some form of long form content whether that be video whether that be podcasting whether that be long articles um so that people can sort of build that know like and trust and actually get an insight to your product um, and what you do and how you do it. Yeah, totally agree. It's probably worthwhile giving people a bit of a backstory about like what you do and uh, just gives people some context as to kind of what you've been doing in your career to then lead you to this point to creating a podcast as well. Well, first off, I kind of thought I wanted to be an Irish league footballer. I'm from Belfast and I've kind of found out early that you needed raw talent for that, but I would have never won you a game or lost you a game, and I always turned up and made sure I was the fittest. But anyways, um, I then sort of transitioned over to weight training. I started to absolutely love it. Um, tried and dabbled into a bit of PE teaching, thought I wanted to do that, hated it, and then got into the whole coaching realm and S&C. Then after that, got super busy, went down the sort of academical route, went to university, and one day left. The reason why I left was one of my clients turned around and said that his training, my training had kept him alive. Um, so then what I found was basically that uh, I can do much more from a practical point of view. It's kind of been an up and down roller coaster since. And after getting crazy, crazy busy, I sort of found out, right, who do I want to serve? What do I want to do? Why am I doing this? Where is this going? 
And I, I realized, I wrote out my whole training journey. Um, I spent about eight to nine hours one day in Thailand and I realized that there's a lot of frustrations. So basically my whole coaching now is called Skinny to Strong and it's to serve the, the old frustrated Ben. Um, so basically I work with young men, 20 to 30 years old, um, who want to sort of get that cover model look, that sort of photo shoot look, abs, muscles, things like that. Um, want to get strong in the gym, taught well, and I sort of fast track the progress that would have took five, six years for me into one year for them. And that's what, that's, that's my coaching, um, kind of summed up in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So in, in terms of like, um, uh, your setup, are you working out of a mainstream gym? Are you doing studio based work? Like how's it work for you? So I work in a facility called Gymco. That's one to one. And then I do a lot of, uh, online coaching and this year has sort of been the start of my speaking. Um, I've spoken for about 600 people this year, which has been absolutely nerve wracking. Um, <laughs> so yeah, mainly one-to-one online. Um, but I do want to get my message out there much bigger. Um, so more workshops and more speaking events to come. How did you get into the speaking and, uh, what led up to that point? And did well, you- well, um, one of my clients had basically asked me to come into his company and I spoke in front of about 200 people and I created a talk called understand your body. Then what I had realized that I'm actually not too bad at this. Like this is actually, I enjoy this. I enjoy, um, presenting things. I enjoy getting the, the opportunity to sit down with someone and explain, um, through the whole process through a sort of strategy um, and then basically I mentor a lot of guys and I had found out the bit, I, I was just like, I keep repeating myself. I got out of a consultation and I was just like, this is the same shit day in, day out when I'm doing these consultations. So I quickly just put them all in the WhatsApp group and I just says, guys, what would you like if I done this in a sort of workshop atmosphere and you got more of me, you got more of the content. I was able to get guest speakers in and you were able to get this all for much of a cheaper price. And they loved it. I didn't have any problems selling it or anything. And I just got stuck in from there. And yeah, it was nerve wracking. A 22 year old telling other uh, coaches how to run their business and how to make money. Um, but it went down absolute success. And we had guys from all over the country. Um, and that's how I sort of got into it. And then now guys come and I would do like workshops at the weekends and stuff. And basically how to grow your upper body. It could be, it could range from anything, but it's, that's how I've sort of got into it so far. That's awesome. How do you, how do you get the, um, the attendees? Are these just all clients? Do you, do you promote it on Facebook? Like how are you bringing these numbers in? And then um, how are you getting the guest speakers as well? That'd be interesting to, to know. The guest speakers is so far has just been uh, friends that I have sort of built in my network. And like one of the guest speakers, uh, actually, he's, he wrote up five years ago. Um, I've got a free hour. Does anyone want a Skype consultation? And I just, I just jumped on it. And then five years later, I'm sitting presenting beside uh, a lecturer from a university um, doing a nutrition workshop. And that was crazy to think of that, where that would lead. So if there's anyone listening to this, those small sort of opportunities, those small chit chat, just make sure anyone knows your name and what you do and why you do it. Um, and you never know where that'll sort of get. Um, attendees, attendees start with the sort of look, the sort of clients and small following, but then have sort of been brought on. And then how I got some speaking events in corporate companies and things like that 
is just being in the know, being on LinkedIn, being on um, put, posting up on social media every single day. Um, again, I sort of make a massive effort to talk to people every single day, whether that be going for your Facebook list and, and uh, wishing people happy birthday that you haven't talked to in three years, or whether that be someone on the gym floor saying, hello, how are you? How are things going? Or whether that be getting back to every single message that someone messages you. Um, I just make it a duty and it's now a habit that anyone, I, I talk to people every single day. Yeah, that's interesting to hear because I don't think a lot of people would go to that length in terms of responding and engaging and, and really just building up your brand and awareness. Uh, look, at, look at it this way. You have the opportunity, anyone who's got an iPhone right here, and say you've got, got a, put, started putting out content out there, you could easily talk to at least 500 people every single day. If you put it like that, like the, the world's your fucking oyster. Like you've got a massive opportunity there. Yeah, 100%, mate. I, I'm the same because I'm a natural kind of sales guy at heart. So um, I'm very proactive when it comes to communication and reaching out and building connections and relationships and like some of the best things that I've achieved have been with other people, not on my own. And that's through creating those connections, right? Which I'm sure you've probably found in your life. And I just think it's so amazing that this phone that we have just has the power to connect you with so many people at lightning speed and you can reach out to anyone. And I'm a big fan of the DM, you know, like on Instagram, the open rate is great. Like if you bring something to the table and you're a genuine person and you're not just trying to take, 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 and you're prepared to give as well, then like you can create some great relationships off the back of, of the DMs and, and Instagram and, and just this, like we met through Facebook, like on a social platform. We'd never met in real life yet. We had a mutual interest. We shared the same kind of values. We jumped on a call now here on a podcast and that's possible every single day, every hour of the day, right? And let's maybe talk about that a little bit more. So when I started out, I'm sort of pushing myself out there. Like, well, I was explaining to my dad, my dad's a musician, and I was explaining to him about trying to get his, uh, trying to create a product and put it online. And like, you have to build a mindset. Um, and it's especially, well, I don't know, in Northern Ireland, everyone kind of has quite a fixed mindset. And you have to kind of put yourself out there and you have to think, right, well, this could go amazing. This could go really well. Most people, when you talk to them, they're not going to, like, they want to be talked to. Um, you're giving someone appreciation. Um, that's just something I find. I find that, like, when I was sort of in my box in my early days of coaching, that I would have never reached out to anyone because I would have been too scared that they wouldn't reply or they would, I would waste their time or they wouldn't want to be associated with me. And what I soon realized is that most people want to be, want to do like talking with you, want to collaborate, want to help you, want to put you in the right direction. Um, if they're a good guy, they'll, they'll, they'll have a good meaning at heart. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Obviously there's going to be guys out there that, ignore it too busy got other stuff going on or they don't think you're at the same level yeah that's going to happen but there's also thousands millions of other people out there who are willing to engage and and get on board and share ideas and collaborate and there's just so much opportunity out there but i don't think people tend to look at the upside they tend to look at the rejection they might get if they do reach out and they don't respond but who gives a fuck you had nothing to begin with anyway 
It could be as simple as like for one, of, for example, one of my longest uh, clients is a taxi driver and he's been with me for three years. And I, how that started was I just told him what I do and I told him why I'm different than anyone else. If you want a little drill to sort of go away with today, um, basically start off with like get, your, get a piece of paper and write out uh, villains and heroes. So villains are basically the guys in your industry that uh, you don't like um, and you don't like their practices and how they do it. And, you need, and then you're the hero. So basically, why are you different than anyone else? Why are you the hero to that person? And then basically hell and heaven. So your perfect client that you've worked with. Basically, how have you took them from hell to heaven and what was that journey? And then basically costs and benefits. So basically, what's the cost of working with you and what's the benefits of working with you? And you see when you do this task, it means like conversations and stuff just run much smoother. And that taxi, that taxi, he's been with me for three years doing two sessions a week. So that's probably equated to at least six to eight grand after making that conversation. So, yeah. so if you go into every single conversation knowing that, you can gain and obviously that is a small that's a, a one-off sort of circumstance but that was so small so this is where you need to think about conversations can bring the world like conversations if you were to get one client and they went to home to their dinner table and they told everyone about you and then they all started following you and then their friends started talking about you like it really and especially with like when you talk to one person they've got a thousand followers so you're talking to another thousand people so it's just it is just like there's so much power in a, a five-minute conversation yeah 100 percent. and going back to what you just said then about um them having all these different people that are connected to uh, connected to i think we're connected by um i think it's six degrees of separation at any one point so everyone in the world is connected between um, at least if you go through six people, you'll get to the person, well, anyone in the world effectively. I think it's something, yeah. like, that. Yeah, something like that, some crazy stat. But um, I was speaking to a PT just before this, and he was just talking about how he um, has got this client and he's been training with him for a long time. But next year, he's going tr- to train him for free for eight weeks because he's, he's looking at his genetics. He, he can be in absolutely amazing shape, but he's not got to that point yet. But um, this PT wants to get him into this incredible position and he's willing to do it for free because of that same reason you just mentioned because he knows if he can get him incredible results, he's got a network of people that he will then be talking about those results to. And that network is worth way more than he is, right? Mm -hmm. So he's prepared to give something away for free in order to open up a whole other opportunity of all these different clients that are going to come knocking when they see the results that he got. So the network thing is so powerful and the connections and all you need is one good connection and that can create so much business for you. So much opportunities for growth, right? 100%, 100%. One thing I would say is like, I think in the early sort of days of coaching that beggars can't be choosers and there might be some form of work that you have to do for free and stuff. Um, if there's something, if there's someone listening to this and they're considering doing free work, one thing that I had done. So basically when I see price as the anchor, the higher the price, the bigger the anchor. So you're going to the anchor to change the anchor to put in the work and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's no money there, um, it is hard to get that. So one thing I would recommend is a deposit. And basically that deposit, you give them it back when they, when they get to their goal. 
and it sort of it, it gives you some like they value it because they know that they're not going to get that back and then you get to work with them you get the achievement you get to they value you and it, it runs much smoother for both parties and it is like people you'll see in the fitness industry people say earn six figures all this shit but no one's really talking about the dirt and the first year of coaching, there is a lot of dirt that you have to do. Like, for example, I, I worked with a lot of my friends. I worked with a lot of my family and things like that. And it was dirt. Um, but you have to do it. Like, no one's going to trust you unless you do some form of work and show some form of proof that you know how to get someone in shape or you know how to get someone from A to B or you're a genuine guy. Would you agree? Or Yeah, I totally agree. I, li- I like what you said about the, um, the anchor thing. It's kind of just like having skin in the game as well. And I'm a big believer in like high prices, Mm -hmm. high ticket clients, because if you think about it, if someone's paying more money, well, let's go back a step. Uh, If someone's not paying much or they're getting something for free, they don't really value it as much. And so their commitment level is a lot less. Mm -hmm. But then the more they pay, the more skin they've got in the game. And the more they're prepared to invest in the in the situation. I mean, mm-hmm. a person that pays twenty pound an hour is going to turn up differently to the session, whether it's coaching one on one or group or whatever, to someone that's paying fifty to sixty to seventy pound an hour because they're going to want to get their money's worth. So they're going to be doing extra stuff outside of that hour to get even better results. So I'm actually a big believer in in charging a lot of money, not to extort people or extort clients, but because if they've got more skin in the game, they get better results anyway. So they get their money's worth. And I'm a big believer in that. But a lot of people are scared to charge higher prices because they don't want to put people off or think it's too much. And with those higher, with those higher prices, do you find that there's a different type of clientele that usually come? Yeah, you'll get a higher quality clientele. So yeah. I've, ch- I've charged different prices for the same product um, because different people can afford different things. But with myself, I've invested in coaching. Um, and I like to spend more because I get more out, even if the the product's similar. I mean, to give you an example, I've got my own personal trainer who trains me. And he was charging me 30 quid for probably th- two or three years. And I spoke to him recently and I was like, what do you charge now? Because he didn't change the price on me. And I was like, watch, what's your fee now? What do you charge a new a new person that comes into your business. And he said, 50 pounds. I said, okay, great. That's how much I'm going to pay you now. Mm. And I did that out of choice because I want to put more skin in the game. But I'm also telling him and myself that I value the service and I'm going to get more out of it because I'm prepared to put more money in. So mm. it, I think it's a psychological thing as well. Yeah. Two, two things that I would say for uh, little gems for people listening is basically when you're in a consultation, Say that you're not going to work with someone for less than three months and just explain why it's not unethical or things like that. Like it's not, you're trying to cling on to anyone. Um, and it is unattractive for their point of view, especially in the fitness industry. Everyone's sort of selling 28 day plans, 21 day things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I find that if you're like open and honest, you say it's going to take at least three months for us to build a relationship to, for you to get some habits under your belt and for us to get some form of result. And there, I would have always hesitated over saying that. I would have always sort of hesitated over saying the minimum I'll take on someone is three months. The other question when you're discussing goals I find is very good is you're sitting down with Bobby in front of you. Bobby, say coaching went absolutely amazing. 
12 months from now, what would you have wanted achieved? And automatically, those two figures is basically you've got them locked in for three minutes, uh, for three months, and then as well, you've kind of outlined your sort of average customer lifetime, whether where most people will stay. And you'll find that you've got long-term client just from those two words. Um, and it's really, those two, those two sentences can be so important on the first impression because that's basically outlining what your whole brand is about. And it, again, if, if someone's listening to this, you kind of have to differentiate yourself compared to anyone else. If someone else is selling six or eight week or 12 week transformations, well, why are you different? What do you do differently than them? And if you, one way you could do that is just by, well, my clients stay with me for 12 months, not eight weeks, not 12 weeks, 12 months. Um, and that's just one little tip that I would say, and it's worked massively for me. And again, just saying it with your, just saying it like, with not this face on you just saying it why you say that why do you think that's going to be why do you think that's going to be um the right time for them and stuff yeah i agree with it i think um the packages is the way to go um and it just means you're getting people committed to that longer term result but Mm -hmm. i I mean i don't also i also don't want people to be scared about doing the page you go or one-on-one sessions or week-by-week sessions because not everyone wants to make a big commitment straight away, but when mm-hmm. they see the value, then you can upsell them on that longer term commitment. Mm-hmm. So it's quite possible that if someone's not biting or willing to commit to like a three month program, there's no reason why you couldn't tuck them into a page you go option on a weekly basis, train them for four weeks. And once they see some results and you've built up that no like, and trust, and there's that consistency there, you could go, Hey Bobby, like you've been training with me every week for four weeks. Why don't we get you on a longer term package and I'll incentivize the pricing for you to pay up front. So you can use different angles as well. If people don't want to use that full commitment, you can just tuck them into the pay as you go and then upsell them on the longer term package up the value ladder, right? Yeah. That's, that's another sorry. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying that's just a, another option when you're struggling with the commitment up front. You just take them in on a low end offer and then upsell them into a longer term package. The reason I had said to you as well about do you get a different type of clientele when you charge a higher price is because I've I've increased my prices over the years and things like that. And you do have to get you do get a different type of clientele. So mm-hmm. what hap- like what happens for me when I'm getting young students, but then I'm also getting high driven uh, professionals. Uh, the young student can't afford the same amount that the high-driven professional. So what I've been doing um, over the last while is been doing group coaching. So basically group coaching that they have to pay weekly and things like that. But that obviously they know and you know that they're not going to get the same level of time, the same level of service. And I find that that's a good sort of tier system that you can onboard someone on. So if you, they can't afford three times a week at one-to-one, um, then they'll have to go into group coaching. And as well, there's pros and, there's pros and cons to both of them and things like that. But if there's a listener sort of listening to this is, yes, everyone's sort of talking about high-ticket high prices and stuff. But if you work with a young male audience and things like that, it is going to be hard to put them into that. Um, despite how amazing you are at what you do. Um, so this is where you probably might need to consider things like group coaching, ebooks, um, workshops, things like that, which are going to be more accessible for them. Um, I, do think it is, I do think you need to balance that though because you can't let your audience control you and control how you do your things, but you do need to take it into consideration. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, at the end of the day, you just need to have options and a value ladder. Yeah. And then you just got to navigate the situation based on who you're speaking to, who the prospect is and what they're looking to achieve and what they're prepared to pay. Um, And what do you think, Alex, where do you see like the fitness industry going? Online. Online? A lot more online, yeah. But what I see, what I've noticed is, um, obviously running my business, helping PTs, I get a lot of inquiries from PTs who want to go online and they think it's easier. They think it's easier to go online and at a few clicks and a few posts on social, they're going to have this crazy business um, and they're just going to sell programs left, right and center. But in reality, these guys can't even build an offline business. So I see a big movement towards online, but from people who can't even make it offline, right? So they're going to have a bigger shock when they get online and realize it's 10 times harder. The the biggest, sorry, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because it's, it's way more difficult because there's lots of different moving parts to an online business and you haven't got that face-to-face contact. So it's very difficult to build rapport without a lot of good content, a lot of video, a lot of different free offerings, lead magnets, funnels, like there's so much to it. And it's, it's, it's quite far removed from actual coaching because you've, it's a business and there's a lot of systems and mechanics behind it. But I do see a lot of, a lot of people moving in that direction for the wrong reasons as well, because they're trying to escape the offline because they can't run the offline very well. But I think loads more people are going to hit the market in 2019. Yeah. Technology and marketing aside, the two biggest uh, sort of things I've had to work on um, since moving into online coaching is my communication skills and psychology, understanding how people think, what motivates them and why. Um, you're going to have someone at the other side of the country who's never met you in person. How are you going to basically uh, persuade them into paying the same as what they would pay for their mortgage and also do un- get unbelievable results and put the work ethic and stuff like that? They're the two things that you are going to need to really, really uh, nail. And as well with the nutritional and the trend information, you're going to need to simplify it down. Um, there a, like one thing I found hard going into online coaching was being a perfectionist. When you've got a client in front of you, you can give them five, six, seven cues, but you need to be okay with letting someone do, making one or two cues and making sure things are okay and not absolutely amazing. Because if you try to do six or seven cues, it's just going to end up in an absolute mess. They're, they're going to feel that they're never progressing, things like that. So definitely, the online coaching is much harder. It's much harder as well. You can't sit down with people and have a chat. You can't see how they're feeling. And if what I've had to do over the, the last while is refine how do they check in and what do I need to know and why do I need to know it and how can I get the most out of this person, especially again, in one-to-one coaching, like you've got your coach for two to three years, you've built a relationship with him or her. It's very hard to do that online. Um, again, especially when you're not in there. So that's just two things that I would say. Absolutely nail communication skills and get an understanding over how people think, why they think, what, and how they do things. Yeah, totally agree. And if you think about it, those are the same skills you need offline as well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just have to communicate... communicate in a in an articulate way offline but you also need to understand the psychology of the decision making process as well but online it's very difficult to get that across when you've not got someone sat in front of you 
and you've got to try and pull them in with little bits of value and free offerings. And then you've got to keep their attention when there's a thousand other things that they could be looking at at the same time. You've got YouTube, they've got Instagram, they've got notifications. And when you've got them face to face, they haven't got those distractions because they're looking at you. So that mm. creates that extra barrier um, of difficulty. But I think what's going to be really important is personal branding as well. And like you as an individual, because people are going to buy from the person, the coach as well, not necessarily the program. Because, I mean, let's face it, anyone can create a program. Mm-hmm. And anyone could buy someone else's program, rebrand it, and sell it. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more of those get offered, it's going to dilute all the others. So people are going to be looking for other things like niches, right? They're going to be looking for specialists. And they're going to be looking for people that they connect with or people that they like or people that have from the same country. I don't know. There's going to be things about the person that they're buying from that are going to be much more important. I think going forward as more people come into the market. We'll put it this way. I'm telling young guys how to build muscle. They could go to an IFBB bodybuilder pro um, who's been doing it for 20, 15 years, but they come to me because I understand their needs and wants and where they're at in life. Um, being a young guy myself. So definitely I a hundred percent agree with personal branding. Another thing that popped up in my head when I said about online coaching and you said about keeping their attention, another task I would say for someone to go and do is if you've got, if you, uh, like if you have a, a sort of process of what you sort of know um, that when someone starts, write out what, do the, what should you generally give them feedback on from week one to 12. And if you do that and you have a, a, something every single week, it'll be absolutely amazing. And you'll, that, that sort of 90 day process, you'll, you'll definitely have them sort of bought in. And then after that, it's kind of just a a matter of accountability and making sure they're progressing. But that's one task I would say to go away and do after this. Yeah, nice. So when I checked out your podcast that you sent me the other day, Mm -hmm. uh, Phil Graham, I noticed you're you're mentored by him or involved with him in, in, in some way. How did that come about? Yeah, I've known Phil since I'm 16. I trained at the same gym that he worked in years ago. Um, he lives about 10, 15 minutes away from me. And I've been mentored. We've done consults. I think it's 14 consults I've done with him. Um, but in February, I'm going to be doing his mastermind, um, which is kind of like an accelerator, helping you scale things up and stuff. Um, so yeah, I used to serve him coffee when I was writing his diabetic book and the coffee shop that I worked in but he's a cool guy he's absolutely epic at what he does he's very cutthroat and very upfront and sometimes I don't agree with everything he says but I wouldn't be where I am right now without his help yeah I really like what he says like you said he's very black and white Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard him on quite a few podcasts and I really like the way he just um, comes across because he's genuine and he's not afraid to say it how it is um, and call people out, which which I love because it's super authentic and it's real. I mean, going back to like the consults and stuff with him, like what are some of the biggest things that you've taken away from from Phil? Perspective um, being one. So perspective in regards to everyone needs to realize that we all have emotions and we all have things that sort of make us make harsh decisions and things like that. But when you have perspective, especially in business, um, you can. You, you'll feed for your own bullshit um, that we all tell ourselves. And at the end of the day, we don't have someone all the time over our shoulders telling us yes or no, do or don't. So this is where you need to have that. 
Um, he pointed me in the right direction in regards to creating your own brand. So remember we sat down and basically he said, right, you're going to be the student muscle geek or something. And I just laughed. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was a dickhead after that. <laughs> and about three months later, I'm sitting in Thailand writing out my story and decide to create a coaching brand called Skinny to Strong. So uh, if it wasn't for that thought, I probably wouldn't have Skinny to Strong. And then probably a third thing was um, getting people getting to know you. So I definitely think his sort of, in last December, we sat down after he came home from Canada and we spent half a day. And I definitely think that that sort of chat got me going with the podcast, got me going with the speaking and just getting you known, getting you out there and getting you knowing people and them knowing what you do and how you do it. Um, and then this year going on forward, a lot of my content will be the podcast and video. So it's just building those relationships. And again, like I'm in the stage now where it's just getting hundreds of guys knowing me, knowing what I do, how I do it. And over time, then scaling that into a product um, that I'll be able to give them and uh, things like that. But at the minute, it's just build those solid relationships, give value, 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 value for a few years and then monetize on that. Yeah, I like that approach. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the value, value, value. Mm-hmm. Um, upfront work, like you said before, um, eating shit for 12 yeah. months, basically. Yeah. And uh, not seeing like a massive return on, on your time and effort, but you know that if you carry on doing these things day in, day out, there's going to be a big payoff. Like training, isn't it? Like you don't see instant results, but... 12 to 18 months later you're in a in a great physical condition it's the same with the business but i think a lot i think a lot of people struggle with that because everyone's looking for that instant gratification and no one's prepared to put in the work without seeing instant results and i and i've been i've i've been snared by that a couple of times when i was younger i'm 30 years old now but um i was always looking for those quick wins that instant gratification or that quick quick money Um, and as I've got older, I've realized I've got more time for for some weird reason that actually I don't need to rush this. If I I can build something really long term, if I invest now and do some upfront work and not try and monetize, monetize everything and just, just hold back a little bit and just give value, just give tons and tons of value because what that does is position yourself and it builds trust and it creates credibility and that builds a long-term business, not just a short-term one. This year, when I reflect on it, I've worked with less people, but got way better results, changed, I would say, 20 people's lives, and also made slightly more um, compared to last year. And what does that tell you? That tells you basically, you don't need to go chasing large quantities of people. Um, You should focus on, with the clients that you have, serving them first before you serve others and serve trying to get more. And to, when you work with someone, try and build that relationship so that they don't want to leave you for a long period of time. Yeah, that's, that's smart business. Look after your current clients and make sure you keep them. Because it's easier to keep a client than get a client. Yeah. And it, like those workshops and stuff, like do some of those, like I didn't need to um, madly advertise for those first mentoring workshops because I'd work with the guys and they, I just, in the space of a day, put it in a WhatsApp group and they all said yes. And yeah. that's my first ever sort of business workshop um, locked in and delivered. Like uh, that's, and that's, 
again, if you offer something um, and it's gone through the roof in regards to you've got the amount of people that you wanted, that's a sign that your content and you're giving good value because you're not needing to always rely on marketing tactics. Um, you should have already built a ton of those systems for the years before um, just by delivering value, 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 value. And like you said about that personal brand, yeah, 100%. So in terms of like the um, the seminars, the workshops and stuff, what's the what's the plan for 2019? Have you got some stuff lo- uh, lined up or some projects that you're working on? Yeah, so as I, I'm going to fill up the group coaching. So I've started two groups and I'm going to fill up another three groups. And then after that, it's going to be the one-to-one's pretty solid. The one, after that's going to be the online and then the third thing that I'm wanting to bring into 2019 is basically like a weekend camp or one day camp where guys can come learn how to learn how to basically train every single muscle group, go away and uh, apply it themselves. So basically, if they can't afford a personal trainer or can't travel up to me or can't afford uh, long term online coaching, can come up, learn it all in a day and then go away and apply it themselves. That's the that's that's what I'm trying to achieve in a day or two. Um, so there are three sort of service things that I kind of want to nail in 2019. Um, personal sort of things. I want to have a better social life. Um, this year was a hard year of knock, knuckling down. And I, when I look back on it, there wasn't much of a social life, which I'm happy and not happy with. I did travel a lot, but I definitely want to get a better work-life balance. And then the third thing would probably be um, just enjoy training and enjoy and treat myself first compared before anyone else. If I don't treat myself first, no one else can uh, be served to the best of their ability. <laughs> that um, that pretty pretty much sounds like a post I did the other day. Um, I put out a story on that point which you just made about um, about looking after yourself first because mm-hmm. it's not selfish, although it is selfish, but you're doing it so you can look after other people better because yeah. it's so important to like make sure you can feed yourself, train yourself, uh, look after yourself financially and just tick some boxes to put yourself in a good position for you to then help other people. Cause if you don't take care of those things, it's very difficult to take care of other people. Right. Um, which I think it's so important. And I, I neglected that a lot. Um, recently it was always clients, 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 and uh, it was compromising like my own training and stuff. And I was like, if I dedicate some more time to myself to getting in, in really good shape and really good um, mental shape, then I can serve people better. 100%. But sometimes you get sidetracked and you think, oh, I just need to help everyone else. And mm-hmm. then you neglect yourself and then other people get compromised because you get run down or you're not in the best shape or you haven't got the best energy. And so like, I think it's so important for like for me, 2019, I've already started doing it already. I don't need to wait for a new year to start something. I'm not one of those guys. And if I want to do something, I'll do it. Right. So I've already started training much harder, taking care of myself much better and just giving myself some me time so that I can serve people better and give them a better experience. Cause I feel better about myself as well. If that makes sense to you. 100% and they see the the me time the me time is going to make your work time much better and while everyone else is sort of start, uh, stuck on the surface level stuff because you're a wee bit more chilled out and you can be creative you're going to go into that sort of deep work zone um, and that's sort of definitely one thing I want to work on is just 
get getting into that focused deep work state and working on those working much more deeper and delving into topics much better and again just high level of quality work yeah i love that we got a little notification there one of us yeah it was myself uh i've got a stupid setting that i can't i keep meaning to turn off anyone that messages you you get a stupid notification that goes off and I, I just got one as well yeah. on, on there because i've got my facebook open uh nicola's trying to get involved in the podcast but um going into that deep work thing that you just mentioned um a big one for me was the phone yeah like, the phone was killing me like was killing my productivity and I, and I knew it and everyone knows this right everyone knows that your phone's the number one distraction it's it's an amazing um, piece of technology right it's an extension of your arm you can access anything you can call anyone it's fucking amazing i love it mm. but when you open it up and you've not gone in there to perform a certain task you get lost in it yeah. and you get even just answering people's trivial messages that have no priority in what you need to do at that point in time sucks away your creative energy because you're thinking how to respond when you should be using that energy to think of how you're going to accomplish this task that you're faced with. And so what I've decided to do or what I have been doing is I wake up, turn the alarm off, and then I don't even open the phone for two hours. Mm -hmm. Because I've realized that I don't need to. There's nothing in there that's going to blow up or be a problem in the next two hours of my morning because I communicate with my business partner over Slack anyway. So when I dive on my laptop, I can communicate with them there. And so I can then focus on what you talked about, those deep those deep focused sessions where you can just hammer out the hardest task and I'm just putting in the hardest thing in the morning and then just going straight through it. And I feel so much better when I come to my phone then because it's almost like a little, a little reward. Mm -hmm. You go in, you've got some messages, got some DMS, got a couple of emails and there's actually something there for you to get stuck into. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not sucking the life out of your most creative time. And some people it will be in the evening that they're most productive. But I think relying on your phone for that in, um, that dopamine hit and those kicks and, and that stimulation is fucking dangerous. Because once you start the day with it, you rely on it. It's like crack. The rest of the day, you're going in to look for that stimulus. And when it's not there, you're actually coming away feeling worse than when you went there in the first place. And how was that transition? It was, it was fine, mate. Um, I tried to do it before, but I didn't. And then one day I was like, something's up here. Like I'm not getting the, the productivity that I'm looking for. Something's in the way. I want to be laser focused. And so I was like, right, I'm not going to touch my phone. Let's see how that goes. And I just realized that one, I was way more productive and two, I was way happier. And then mm -hmm. I wrote it in my journal because I journal and I put it in big letters and I made a note of how I felt. And I was like, actually, I feel so much better not using it. And for me, it was just a turning point. I was like, I can be in the place that I want to be by not touching my phone for two, three hours. And it's simple. I just don't touch it. I wake up and I don't touch it and I just leave it. And then I come to it and it's fine. And, and then I notice when I do go into it, my productivity changes. It's not, it's not as good. Yeah. No, I, I, I started buying books basically um, when I went to an airport a few years back. And every single time I go to an airport, I buy a book. 
Um, it, there, it got me into sort of reading books and I try to read it by the time I get home, um, whether that be a weekend or something. And I don't know, it was just a good habit for me. But one book that I bought earlier this year was How to Break Up With Your Phone. And what ah, it, nice. it talks Topical. about... It talks about why we use why why we use phones and how like psychologists are now um, employed by likes of Facebook and Instagram and how they do the certain features so that you wake up feeling important with all the notification memories etc. Um, but anyways, then it gives you a thirty day plan to think about and to go through after. And the one thing that like I sort of just it just like personal trainers are telling their clients about mindful eating, mindful like phone use like what are you going on to do and if you just ask yourself that question before you pick your phone up it's just it eliminates any bullshit because you know right what's the intention that's like i'm gonna buy i'm gonna reply back to bobby james i'm gonna upload a post i'm gonna do this if you know those four things then it's just in and out um rather than uh just scrolling and spend time for shit now don't get me wrong like like you said, the world's online. We need to be um, up to date with technology and marketing. And scrolling and stuff can be useful um, when you again look at it and look at it from a research perspective. But it's just that's not the deep task that you need to do. That's a more chilled out task that you would do while you're sitting beside the fire or something. Yeah, agreed. Like you want to reserve those things to the evening. Yeah. Like I've. I don't really do my like social media outreach until until the evening when I'm just chilling anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm scrolling, I can send stuff on autopilot. I don't have to really put much thought into it. Yes, I have my Facebook group, which I'm active in all day long, but that's work-based. That's not mm-hmm. distractions. That's responding to clients or prospects and helping people. You're getting paid. <laughs> Say again? It's, get, it's paid work. Yeah, exactly. Or it's ge- yeah. going to generate me business, so it makes... Yeah. And that is my business model. I've got a yeah. group and I've got to service it, right? So that's fine. That's, that's, I'm using it as a tool. But when, when we stop using it as a tool and we start using it as a form of escapism in the middle of the day, then it's fucking deadly. Like phones are great when you're in a situation, a social situation where you're just bored, right? And you're like, oh, I'll go on my phone because what I'm getting from this social situation is not great or you stood somewhere and you want to kill some time and it's great for that it's great for like oh i'll do a little bit of research i'll go and look at this person see what they're doing but to let those things get in i think we blur the lines between our day-to-day and that type of escapism when it starts to sneak into like the really precious times in the day where you could literally smash through the hardest things that's when it becomes counterproductive and um where I've started to get mindful and just put it to the side. I mean, we could talk about this topic forever because there's a load of there's a load of dark sides to the to the web and social media and vanity and fame and all that sort of stuff. But that's for another conversation. But um, yeah, big game, game changer. Anyone listening, try and put the phone down in the morning just for for a couple of hours and get something accomplished. And what habits have you put in? Like what what's been went went really well for you this year because we're now in december and uh, earlier on i was reflecting on what sort of went on this year but what's been a big sort of thing that's really worked well for you this year alex number one thing was finding a mentor okay and the the acknowledgement that at 30 that i still 
don't know everything <laughs> and yeah. never will, right? But I think in the run-up to being this age, and you're lucky because you've acknowledged it at a younger age and you're humble enough to go, actually, I can benefit from a mentor. But a lot of people don't realize that until a lot later on or don't need one until a lot later on. And um, I hit a bit of a down period and a bit of a rut and building my business because it's kind of online and I've never built this type of business before. And I was like, well, I've got to a certain point and I don't know how to get to the next point. I need help. Mm -hmm. But because I mentor other people, I saw the value in it. And mm -hmm. I've used coaches and mentors before. So I was like, right, now I need a mentor to take us to the next level. And that was the be best decision I made um, because it had such a big impact on my business and probably saved me 12 months of pain <laughs> and just like confusion. And yeah, it just put me on a clear path. And it's kind of like having top level CEO, but at a fraction of the cost because you're not actually employing them, you're just paying them a retainer. And so, yeah, it was just a, that was just a big game changer for me. And now I'm excited about going to the next level. So there'll probably be a point where I outgrow this mentor and then I'll be looking at the next one. And that excites me. I can't wait to get to the next level and then the next level. And uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely been the big one for me. What about you? And what did they make you, what did that guy or her make you, make you realize? It wasn't a case of making me realize there probably could have been things that I figured out on my own but they would have taken me a long time, but it was, they took out the uncertainty. So we were trying to guess, right? And we were trying to like, try this, try that. Cause I'm a big like trier. I'll just try it and see if it works and see what the result is. But sometimes, especially with online and technology and systems and advertising and all these sorts of things, there's lots of moving parts. It's hard to know like whether you're onto the right thing because you can't see ahead because you've not necessarily been there before. So it's just great to get someone to come in who's done it before and go, yep, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, and do that for X amount of time, and it will lead to this. You just can't see it yet. So mm -hmm. I, I guess they give you the perspectives. You said it yourself with Phil. It was the perspective. Mm -hmm. They help you see things differently, but they also teach you stuff that it could have taken you ages to figure out. Because I was onto a few big things, but I didn't follow them through because I couldn't see the um the future and i couldn't see like how they were going to pan out so it's they, they just give you the clarity and go yeah this is right because i've done it no this is wrong or don't do it this way do it this way and you'll just save a hell of a lot of time so it is perspective but they do just teach you stuff that you could take 12 months figuring out yeah definitely the what biggest about you in terms of like what you think has been the biggest thing for you this year the biggest thing I would probably say is confidence and putting myself out there and not being afraid to put myself out there and telling my story. And I've started like a, a bit of an online journal called Guy Talk, and it's talking through loads of different problems that any young man will sort of face and how I face those and what I've sort of done and how that's happened and um, being okay with talking about that on podcasts and things like that. And that would probably be one of the biggest things personally. And then from a business point of view, would be like we've already kind of discussed is realizing the, the sort of way I like to think of this is imagine you've got, you wake up every single day and for 24 hours, you've got a hundred brain PowerPoints, not real, not wasting those brain PowerPoints on stupid stuff. 
So creating systems that basically allow you to make that happen on the big stuff and making that that just like asking yourself every day what's the biggest thing that's going to move the needle forward what's the biggest thing that's going to put me one step ahead um what do i need to learn this week and just going in with like clear intentions so that you're not like wasting brain power on small minimal tasks and delegating out when you need to and just writing out what your system is for your coaching for how you take someone from a to b um how you reply to someone and things like that and but then it gives you a lot of clarity just because you know, right, that happens like that and that's done. And uh, like where, where I'm at at the minute is I'm creating loads of these systems and things like that so that if I wanted to employ someone to come into the business, that they could do that and there's just a clear system they need to follow and I just need to explain it to them. Um, I, was in, I was in, I think it was Kuala Lumpur at the time, and I was talking to a guy who had uh, opened up a massive clothing business, um, and he was over in Malaysia to um, possibly start selling over there and things like that. And that was a piece of advice that he gave me, um, was start creating things that like you've already got a team and you've already got a staff, you've already got staff. And then it means when you do take them on, that'll just be bang, 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 bang. That's it. So it's the systems, man. So yeah. about the systems, yeah, make a big difference, man, and they can just open up so much more time and opportunity, and client experience is much better with the systems as well, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And there's going to be certain clients that you'll need to baby, and there's going to be certain clients that you won't need to do much with because it's just not what they need. Um, and it'll help you just it'll help that whole process just be much easier. Yeah, awesome. I love that. I'm, I'm big on the on the old systems. Absolutely love them. So, um, yeah, this has been a good chat, mate. We're probably almost an hour in, which is awesome. Got into some good stuff. So, just drawing to an end. If you were to give some like words of wisdom based on what you've done up to this point, and maybe for people coming into the industry, um, what would you say to them? What would I say to them? Um, Well, kind of what we've talked about today is find your story. Um, Don't be afraid to talk to people. Um, Nine times out of 10 that they'll actually want to talk to you and things like that. But again, don't waste their time as well. People, people again, are, have schedules and things like that. Um, Create systems, realize you only have a hundred brain PowerPoints a day. Um, so basically don't waste it on shitty, don't waste it on shit. And then the lot do those two tasks I sold you. So basically for content creation, why are you the hero and why are other people the villains? Your client experience, taking them from hell to heaven and what's the costs and benefits of working for you. And what was the last thing that we sort of covered? The other task was to write out your client experience from day not to day 90. And you see, if you follow those five nuggets of advice or whatever, you'll be absolutely flying. Like those are absolute golden gems. So yeah, I'm happy leaving that on that. (laughs) Love it, mate. Awesome. (laughs) Cool. So we're going to put in some links to your social uh, networks and it's Sky Talk, right? The uh, the podcast as well on iTunes. Um, But where can people find you? So I'm most active on Instagram. 
um, Ben Heron under slash S2S. Um, go on there. My website, I'm working on it at the minute. I'm going to be making a big push for YouTube and things like that over next year. But Instagram is my most active platform. Nice. What are you going to be launching on uh, Instagram? What sort of content is going on there? Uh, sorry, not Instagram, on YouTube. YouTube, just uh, videos and how to do things, videos of training, videos of nutrition, videos of me talking about, um, like I said, I've been doing that online journal, but I now want to start to talk about that um, in a video format. The podcast is going to be linked over to there too. Um, I'm going to start vlogging, so I'm, I've set out to do an endurance race, and I want to start to show that. Um, so yeah, a bit of value, everything, just kind of learn a little bit about me and giving value out there. Firing on all cylinders by sound of it. It's going crazy on content creation. <laughs> like you said, just give, 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 give. And then later down the line, you can build products and things like that if I wish. Awesome. All right, mate. This has been, been a great chat. It's been great having you on. And uh, I don't even know if we're connected on Instagram yet. We'll have to do that after this call. Definitely. But yeah, awesome chat. There's plenty in here that people can take away. Um, and if you need anything, guys, reach out to, uh, to Ben. He's a super cool guy. So thanks for having you, buddy. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. All the best. Awesome. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. If you did, head over to your favorite app and leave us a short review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you wanted to learn more about our products and services, head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted an awesome website built for your coaching business, head over to our partner company, sevectormedia.com. That's all from me. See you soon.